Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Well, that was interesting. Uh, Ten seconds before showtime, we had to tell Chris that it was 4 o'clock. And uh, we're on the air with the VGK Insider Show. Don't try and get out of this, Chapman. You know it. I had to run to the bathroom, so I lost track of time. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the way things happen. Can I tell you, though, that was one of the most nerve-wracking things in the world because Darren and I were having a a conversation. Now, it was a conversation that dealt with hockey, but it was a conversation. And I look at my clock, and I see 4 o'clock, and I'm like, uh, Chris? And you say yes, and I say the answer was The answer was yes. And then you follow up with, it's 4 o'clock. Here we go. And then he plays the intro. I, like this is, I want to make sure that the people get the full appreciation of what goes on with this show. In front of the curtain, behind the curtain, in the orchestra pit, mm-hmm. everything. And that's what we bring you here uh, from Studio 31, Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas, uh, the VGK Insider Show, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. And Chris, uh, we're going to get him a new watch and alarm. Chapman. Uh, today we're going to uh, talk about uh, a little bit about the, the locker cleanout, some more of the sound that uh, came from yesterday in all the players that uh, spoke to the media. But off the top today, I want to give some love out to the Henderson Silver Knights who launched the 2022 Calder Cup postseason this evening against the Colorado Eagles in the best of three series in which all three games will take place on the road, even though game two mm. Henderson will be classified as the home team. That's because uh, it's a best of three, and there's a uh, an American Hockey League stipulation where if the teams are within a certain distance, they can go back and forth. But if they're not within that certain distance, then all three games are at the higher seed uh, arena, and, uh, and they'll dictate uh, the second game as as a, as a home team team uh, game for the lower seed team. Uh, but you actually don't get that 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 full experience, which is disappointing given the dollar loan center. Yeah, it's super disappointing um, because I I can only imagine what the dollar loan center would be like in a playoff atmosphere. We we know how great that rink is. We've spent some time there, you and I, Darren, and um, I I just I can imagine. You know what that's going to look like. So the the Henderson Silver Knights, they just they, they've got to go out, they've got to take care of business, win their first round series, and you know hopefully we're able to get uh, some playoff games inside Dollar Loan Center this spring. Uh, and we have Brian McCormack, the uh, voice of the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, he's going to be on the air. The Henderson Silver Knights, the Colorado Eagles, on Fox Sports Las Vegas today at five thirty to launch their Calder Cup postseason against the Eagles. You'll know some names on the Eagles side. Uh, You'll certainly know a lot of the names from the Henderson Silver Knights, even if you have not watched an AHL game in Vegas in Henderson this year at the Orleans Arena or the Dollar Loan Center. So many of the players for the Henderson Silver Knights uh, saw a time up uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights that uh, that there's going to be a large uh, part of the, that roster that will take to the ice tonight uh, on Fox Sports Las Vegas in Colorado that you're going to be familiar with. And the great part about uh, the Henderson Silver Knights uh, is that this is a more traditional Calder Cup uh, postseason. So you're going to have that run to the playoffs. There's going to be trophy uh, on the line. But the way it shapes up this year is Henderson will actually have to win five rounds. Now, they're not seven <laughs> rounds each each series. You go best mm-hmm. of three, best of five, and then best of seven, and, and you get through it. But they're, they're, they're taking the long road to, to, to try and get through. Uh, if they win this series, they'll get to the Calder Cup quarterfinals. So, I mean, that, you can look at that a couple of different ways. I, I mean, as, as you look at the American Hockey League as, as a developmental league, you, you've get, you, you get – hopefully an opportunity to play a ton of playoff games, right? If you go on a long run. So uh, the more opportunities, the more reps you can get as some, some young players trying to go through that playoff intensity. I think that that's incredibly important. So uh, again, you look at it from this perspective, you're hopeful that the Henderson silver Knights go on a run and that Brian McCormick is calling games for a little while anyway here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And uh, and the Henderson Silver Knights 5-3 uh, and three against Colorado this year. So that is encouraging. 
they've got more wins than losses in Colorado uh, all time. That is on the positive side. And then you've got the influence of these these recent arrivals in Brennan Brisson and Ivan Morozov, uh, ready to make their playoff debuts. That is really exciting to be able to to, to listen to the American Hockey League playoffs tonight and know that uh, that the Henderson Silver Knights have these players that uh, that they're eyeing up spots with the big club next year. Those are just the the, the recent guys. The the familiar faces that we've watched uh, all year are are also great. And and Pavel Dorofiev is is. The leading example of that, uh, 27 goals this year. To be able to, to watch him and listen to him do his thing in the first round of the playoffs uh, tonight in Game 1 of the Calder Cup playoffs, I'm really excited about. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think, again, it's, you know, it, you, we've talked a little bit about Brendan Brisson, and, and I think that that's going to be a name that we naturally gravitate toward. But, you know, Ivan, Ivan Morozov, that's a, a perfect example of, getting an opportunity to see a player in a different situation for the first time, that's going to be big uh, for for us. It's going to be big for him and, you know, Pavel Dorfeyev, like, that's a guy that scores goals. Like, he, he goes to those areas, he finds ways to put the puck in the back of the net. So uh, any experience where the intensity ratchets up and, and, and that available time and space goes away, to see how those players respond in those moments is huge. And the Silver Knights were hot down the stretch. Now, Colorado was pretty good, too. Uh, they went sixteen six and one in their last twenty three games sixteen Not six bad. and one, but they weren't nearly as red hot as the Henderson Silver Knights, and that kind of coincided. Remember, Vegas got a little healthier near the end, and mm-hmm. Stone was back, and Pacioretty was back, and they had their defense back in the lineup. Well, that coincided with with players being shuffled back into their proper spot, and Henderson got a lot healthier down the stretch with the addition of Morozov and then Brisson. And and Henderson had an outstanding finish to the season with 10 wins in the final 13. Only only two regulation losses in their final 13. That was huge. And they cemented a playoff spot that was, that was dicey for a while. And then they got some great goaltending. Uh, Isaiah Seville was 6-1. Was and one as a professional this year, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. joining the Henderson Silver Knights uh, from, from Omaha, Nebraska. And and Yuri Patera was, was perfect in, in his last game. And I think that's where they're going with the, with the goaltending. the guys that got, that got them in there with uh, Patera and Seville. It would be re- really interesting to see what they go with the, with, the, with the tandem this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I think that y- – you look at the Golden Knights, and we've talked a lot about organizational depth over the course of this season, and we we usually utilize that for forwards and defensemen, right, like position players, because that's where you see it the most. But when you factor in what Logan Thompson was able to do for the Golden Knights at the end of uh, this regular season, and then you know you look at Yuri Patera, how how solid he's been within this organization same thing with Dylan Ferguson and now Isaiah Seville who's come in and just won and and been fantastic like it gives you an idea of where the Golden Knights are at organizationally when it comes to goaltending and you know you you always kind of look for those proven names or those names that are are, you know are out there um, whether it be via free agency or whatnot but I think right now the Golden Knights internally with goaltending are, are pretty well set up for the near future. Yeah, great, uh, great cast of goaltenders uh, right now mm. with the with the Henderson Silver Knights. I think you've you're going to see and and hear players who you watched with Vegas this year, and that's sort of uh, where where I look at the player in the National Hockey League, and you see them as one type of player, and then you watch them in the American <laughs> Hockey League where they have more confidence and are maybe coached uh, to be in a different role. Like in in the NHL, you might be a third liner or a fourth liner, and your your job is different than in the American Hockey League when you're on the power play and you're a first liner. And to see the confidence uh, difference and or or the 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 rope, the latitude that that you have, or the role, the the different role, and and Jake Lasition and and Paul Cotter, those are players that uh, that I that I speak to uh, more more specifically uh, with us. To be able to watch them, and and uh, you'll you'll get, definitely get this impression tonight with Brian uh, in Colorado is is they they are different players in the American Hockey League, and they have much higher responsibilities in the American Hockey League. 
Yeah, and, and the their ability to to kind of play to those roles there too are are incredibly important, and and just gaining and, and having that confidence in their individual game to go out there and and do what you know maybe a a, a second line player or top line player is is supposed to do in those situations, and and to not be out of place with it. Like yeah, you you oftentimes look at players in the NHL third third line fourth line players, and because they play to um, that role, the expectation or the idea is that offensively they don't have X, Y, or Z, or they can't acquit themselves well in certain situations. And it couldn't be further from the truth. It's just that they're going out and maximizing everything that they can in the role that's asked of them. And you get a clearer picture of the totality of the player when they're able to go down to the AHL and have a little bit more responsibility and a little bit more freedom. So you're talking like Jones, um, uh, Rombierg, uh, Cotter, mm-hmm. uh, players that uh, that saw time uh, up top this year, uh, Lysician, uh and then arrivals like Morozov and Brisson, and then the 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 big guy, uh, at least from a forward perspective, uh, Dorf, I, uh to be able to to be able to to watch and listen. And I think just like Vegas, really. Uh, was disappointed in yesterday. One of the things that you, they they talked about was if they could have got in, and they were a little bit healthier, though the way they were, mm-hmm. uh, there there could be some some damage to take place. Now they didn't get in, and they they uh, missed out on that opportunity. Henderson is in, and they're healthy, and they've got these additions. And I I think that in, especially in a best of three. I mean, you you could see uh, a nice little role and be able to to salvage something from this from this postseason on both organizations' front. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the common themes from yesterday, right, was confidence, and and if you have it, you you start to kind of believe, you start to feel good about where your game is at, and I think. You know, the Henderson Silver Knights, they found health and they found confidence down the stretch. And, you know, those two things are pretty dangerous going into a playoff series, especially one that uh, is, is a best of three because all you need is, is one really good game. And then all of a sudden you're pushing the opposition to the brink of elimination. So it can be over pretty quickly, but, you know, you've you got to take advantage of those opportunities when you get them. And uh, we have the uh, series opener tonight on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the Henderson Silver Knights will return to action on Friday uh, against the Colorado Eagles and then uh, finish up uh, the series, if necessary, uh, against uh, Colorado uh, in a couple of days' time on uh, on Saturday. So it's Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, if necessary, the best of three as the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs uh, gets underway. And it's, it's a little different than we're used to because you follow the National Hockey League, you're Best of seven, best of seven, best of seven, best of seven. Uh, we, we, we know you got to win 16 games. Uh, this is uh, a, a little bit more unique because of geography, but it also uh, gives you a, a great uh, uh, position to take advantage of, of this thing uh, and be able to, to really run it back. Yeah, yeah, right there with you. A, a lot of a lot of opportunity here for the Henderson Silver Knights uh, and the players uh, that you know. Ideally, if if you're looking at this as a Golden Knights fan, you want these players in these moments, these situations, because traditionally, if you play well in the American Hockey League playoffs, uh, once you get to the to the big show, once you're in the NHL, once you're in those pressure pack situations, um, it it is part of the development process for young players. Uh, and uh, I just uh, want to make mention that uh, that blue line of the Henderson Silver Knights, it's it's got mm-hmm. some rock stars to it uh, as well, to be able to to be able to uh, create plays and, and generate uh, some some opportunities. Uh, I I like uh, I like what what Henderson's got going. They 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 probably battled as much as Vegas had five hundred guys or man games to injury a loss this year. Mm-hmm. Like that, that yeah. that's devastating. But they were able to draw from the the Henderson Silver Knights. What Manny Viveros and Tim Speltz had to to do was reach out across the hockey world uh, at times because they had their own injuries, and then they had to supply Vegas with with players to to fill in and complement the 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 Golden Knights. So the Silver Knights uh, were were really thin at times. For this team to make the playoffs is a huge mm-hmm. accomplishment. Yeah, it's it's 
it's not just felt at the NHL level. Like when you're dealing with the number of injuries the Golden Knights were dealing with, the trickle-down effect is that you are pulling players from the Silver Knights, and, and then you've got to kind of find ways to get guys into the lineup there uh, in order to continue to develop. And, and part of development is winning, right? Like part of, of learning how to be a pro and learning how to do the things day in and day out that, that make you successful. Part of that is is you, you got to put yourself in a position to win. So um, coaching staff in Henderson has, has done a phenomenal job this year. And, you know, again, I, I think you, you get yourself healthy, as you've talked about, Darren. You, you get uh, healthy down the stretch. You get a lineup that's got some confidence going into it. And the hope is that it's a long playoff run and, and one that you gain a lot of experience with. Uh, we promised it's Darren Millard along with uh, Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas uh, with the Henderson Silver Knights coming up at 5.30. Their Calder Cup playoff uh, opener up against the Colorado Eagles. Uh, we promised that the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, media day yesterday, the locker room cleanout, uh, would have more of a presence in today's show. We spent a lot of time yesterday talking about it. Today is going to be about uh, listening to some of the particulars and playing off of uh, what they had to say. And uh, the uh, the people that, uh, that I want to bring you uh, is Callie McCrimmon, Pete DeBoer, Mark Stone, and Jack Eichel. That's who we'll focus on uh, today. And we'll start off with, with Callie McCrimmon. And his goal this year, even with the 500 man games lost to injury, was to participate in the Stanley Cup playoffs. When we started one and four, when we then lost, I believe, White Cloud next, then Carlson, I won't go through the list. You know who uh, they are. The goal for me, uh, in my mind, was to get to the end, the end of November as a 500 team, to try to stay in that pack of teams that always is there, and then you know hopefully better health would arrive and we would climb out of that pack. So, at the end of December we were uh, three games over 500, which uh, I give a lot of credit to uh, our coaches. Our goaltending was great through the first uh, two months. We had a lot of really good performances from. Uh, players up from uh, Henderson that made uh, NHL debuts and became uh, contributors. So all in all, at the end of November, I was pretty pleased that we had scratched and clawed and kept ourselves uh, in the discussion. And that was part of the the goal, was to just keep yourself afloat. Now, it mm-hmm. it was great, and uh, I think Kelly said uh, in around the, the All-Star break, there were 12 games above 500, and they finished 12 games above 500. So that that tells you yeah. uh, uh, you don't have to be um, uh, Darren Elliott and a Cornell grad to know that that's 500 the, the rest of the way. And you needed to be uh, better than 500 to, to get yourself in. And being in the Stanley Cup playoffs was the goal for Kelly McCrimmon, and they didn't reach that. They wanted to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. And even with all the injuries, Ryan, they had mm-hmm. expectations for this team. Yeah, they did. And and to me, you know, the expectations changed. They had to change. You had to view them through a little bit of a different lens when it came to uh, to injuries. But, I, you know, I, I think that the idea of being able to put yourself in a position, the idea of getting to, you know, November, December, and being among – the pack was was in, incredibly important for the Golden Knights, and the the end of the season for me is one that I, I look back on and I think is is incredibly interesting because you go into the All Star break, and I thought the Golden Knights had a really really good road trip going into the All Star break, and then I just I wonder about that unique schedule in the month of February. I wonder about not getting that rest time that I think a lot of people were hoping for and focused on when it came to the Olympic break. I wonder how much that impacted the Golden Knights. Yeah, stops and starts, all of it. I wonder how much of that really impacted the Golden Knights in that second half because they redlined a lot of players early on. And and we we had had those conversations here on this show about the need to do that because – your expectations for this club had to change because you just did not have the lineup where you could roll four lines and you can trust everybody in every different situation. So um, I do wonder about that change to February and how much it impacted the season. You know, one area where we never really got to sink our teeth into was how good this team was. Now, training camp, we talked about it, and 
first place was was the goal and first place overall uh the president's trophy uh was was within reach of this team but once the injury started you never got to get back to that that's 82 games ago ryan that 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 we last mm-hmm. talked about this team and the potential of this team and one of the one of the great uh, answers yesterday came from Pete DeBoer talking about uh, just even if you had middle of the road availability from the roster how good was this team where would this team have finished here's Pete DeBoer we all recognized uh, you know what could have been and when you're watching playoff hockey last night you know with a healthy group, we should be right there. You know, we had 94 points. You know, I think if we have average health, we've got, you know, 105. And if uh, we've got uh, average health plus, uh, we're competing for a President's Trophy like we were a year ago this time. So, um, you know, again, it doesn't absolve responsibility. Um, you know, there's always more you can do. Uh, you know, I, I, I've got to look in the mirror. Our coaching staff has to look in the mirror. How could we have got you know, five or six more points out of the group that we had all year in order to still be playing. And, and that's something that, uh, that we've got to go through the process of doing. Average health, 105 points. Mm-hmm. That, that gives yeah. you an idea of where their health was. Well, I, I mean, they were right there, right? Like we're, yeah. we're talking about a team that, that missed out by, by three points, essentially. Two points probably with the tiebreaker. But the, the fact of the matter is uh, we're not talking about a team that missed the playoffs by 15 or 20 points. And no. I think that that's kind of the narrative that, that I, I feel like is, is kind of out there in, in not, not so many words, but that this team was way, way far off. And, and I don't think that was the case at all. Now, there were key moments within the season where you look at how games ended for Vegas, where you say, you just get to overtime, you pick up the points you need to make the playoffs. And, and I think that you can do that at various points, various stretches. Obviously, the 0-5-0 road trip is one of the key areas. Um, getting Getting points out of some of those games would have been massive for the Golden Knights in their quest. But the fact of the matter is, I, I think that you know because of the expectations going into the season – we view or some people view missing by two points as this this huge huge disappointment and i don't think that it's really that that i don't think that's the case i think this team was right there i think this team gets healthier a little bit sooner you get players in the lineup maybe two or three games sooner and you're probably looking at a different story here and pete DeBoer in uh in his time with vegas is like 48 games above nhl 500 that's crazy mm-hmm and, and given that uh, that he went through a, a very difficult year, this year felt like one of those like it was three years instead of one year, uh, and that was off a of COVID year and a COVID pause year, and you didn't think uh, it yeah. could get any stressful than that. He's got one year left on his contract, and Pete was adamant yesterday that he wants another crack handling this team. I want to coach this team again. You know, I, I think we. Uh... We never got a chance to uh, do what I thought we were capable of doing, and uh, I'm excited about the group. I think through my exit meetings, I think the players, uh, you know, the, this type of season has to fuel you for next year. So I, I'm at the point in my career where, where I'm 14 years into this. I, I don't worry about contracts. I, you know, I worry about coaching with the opportunity to win a Stanley Cup, and I think we have that here. Uh, interesting comments uh, from Pete DeBoer, and I, I, like I'm the same way, and I, I'm I'm more of a traditionalist, and and uh, and I, I love the idea of giving everybody uh, another crack at it. I know that there's going to be some changes to the roster, and and and, yeah. and around the the organization, like there is every single year, but this is one of those ones where I would love a do-over for everybody. Uh, on this on this team because of uh, what they had to deal with this year. So let me let me ask you the question because yeah. I, the idea of of running it back like we we all know that's not entirely possible because right. of the salary cap. Like, what degree of the roster needs to be the same for you to consider it being running it back? Like, do you need Riley Smith? back in the fold, signed to a new contract and, and under contract for this team to to have it feel like you're running it back with the same group? Or 
Is there a number you can put on it or, or a degree of, of this many players back in the fold that, that kind of solidifies that for you? Well, I think the, the blue line's back. So uh, I'll, sure. that, that's, that's 100%. I think the blue line returns. Uh, you've got seven guys, basically, uh, on that blue line. I don't think there's any changes there. Uh, in goal, I, I don't know what you can do uh, in that regard. I think uh, Robin Leonard has proven to be able to bounce back uh, from, from situations, sure. and he was a big part of yesterday's conversation at media availability. Uh, I would be comfortable in that regard. Uh, he's also got three years left on contract, and, uh, and I'm not a big fan of, of, of trading people and withholding salary. I understand why you have to do it in, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegas has been really uh, well uh, adapted to, to be able to get around those situations. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury, they didn't have to retain any salary. Uh, that was huge. Uh, sure. When you look at all the salary cap uh, gymnastics that they had to do this year, uh, that would have thrown another wrench into the plan in, in, in withholding salary. So uh, I, I would expect uh, uh, between the forwards and the potential in goal, I think that there's four changes. And and that's about average uh, with, with with most teams. I mean, the Tampa Bay sure. Lightning lost a lost an entire line, uh, and and, and, <laughs> yeah, and they had, had a changing goal and 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 some some tweaks on the on the back end. Uh, that's at the at the the very top end. I think with with free agency and and trying to to uh, adapt themselves to the salary cap. If if you want, if I say run it back, I would uh, I would yeah. be comfortable with four changes to be able to say running it back uh, without any significant alterations. Any more than that, and then you get into mm-hmm. – and, and, and like I'm talking coaches are back. Everybody's back the same way. But, but four, four positions, uh, four players from this year would, would probably have to be um, traded, moved, or, or allowed to walk by a free agency just because of, uh, of salary cap purposes. Is that too much yeah, or, I, too, I, or, or about in, in, in no, your ballpark? I, 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 I think I think that's kind of the ballpark, right? Like I I think you start getting into like five or six, seven, then all of a sudden you're you're really kind of changing and manipulating some yeah. variables that that, that gets I, into I think would not allow you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that that doesn't allow you to say you're running it back. And and I I think the realistic possibility that this team can only that only has to make one or two moves. Um, I don't think that, that it's realistically there. So I, I think you're probably right in the money, like three to four, somewhere in that ballpark. If, if the Golden Knights are able to um, identify the right places and if they're able to make the money work with, with just three to four changes, then, yeah, I would, I would imagine that that constitutes running it back with the same group and giving this core and this iteration of the Golden Knights another chance to another crack at it next year. And just to chime in on the end of that, uh, Riley Smith would be part of that. Uh, that that would be part of running it back yeah. if if you possibly can can make that happen. Now, Mark Stone uh, didn't play half the year uh, this year, uh, and he was hobbled by the uh, by the back injury. Uh, did return late, and uh, and I thought his the best game that we saw was that St. Louis game. Uh, he talked about uh, about the injury and his confidence uh, of of being able to put that to the side and return at the top level of his game. I'm confident. Uh, I've talked to a few players around the league that have gone through similar situations as me. Um, some that are still playing at 37, 38 years old and were sitting on their couch at 30 thinking they were going to retire. So um, I'm confident. Um, now it's just on me to, to find the right advice, find the right um, you know kind of plan and, and get it healed so this doesn't happen again. You know, we haven't, we've been, what, off for three, four days. I'm still researching everything um, I don't want just one guy to give his opinion I want to talk to you know five six guys and, uh, and see where we go from here uh, and not just doctors I want to talk to players who have been through similar situations and uh, and kind of hear their um, hear their story kind of uh, and see where I can go from there um, I don't want to just make a rash decision um, you know and do a procedure that's not going to help I want to make sure that uh, I'm doing something that's going to benefit me not just for um, for next year, but for uh, you know the five years that I have left in my contract, and uh, hopefully sign uh, a couple more after that. Boy, there's layers in that answer when it comes to Mark Stone and his health of his back. <laughs> yeah, there there certainly are. Um, I, I think 
you know, Mark was kind of alluding to whether or not uh, there would need to be uh, surgery or a procedure over the course of the yeah. offseason to kind of address the issue that he dealt with all season long, uh, the back issue that kept him out of the out of the lineup on on multiple occasions, um, uh, or whether or not it's something that can continue to be rehabbed like it was during the the course of the season. I, I thought. Mark's answer was exactly what you want to hear if you're a Golden Knights fan. It's exactly what you want to hear um, if you are, you know, Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee. Like, you don't want to rush into a decision. You want to get as many opinions on kind of the issue as you possibly can, talk to as many people as you possibly can, and determine what the right course of action is going to be for Mark, not just next season, but over the course of the next four or five. And, and, you know, the idea that right now Mark Stone's thinking about that next contract, it gives you an idea of just how motivated he is to get this under control and managed in the proper way so that he can be an effective player for a long time. I just hope he's got an unlimited data plan. He's talking to a lot of people. When doctors, I think and he'll be fine. Players I think, and yeah, I think, you know who, who he I sounds. Think he's got an unlimited data plan. Yeah, uh, uh, he sounds a lot like <laughs> Jack Eichel uh, a year ago at this time. Imagine that, doesn't he? Imagine like, that. Try, trying to talk mm-hmm. to as many people and get as many uh, opinions uh, as he can about his certain situation. Yeah, I mean it's 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 your body, right? Like you you, you have to make sure that you're comfortable with whatever the final decision is going to be, and and you you only get you only get one, right? You you only get one opportunity to kind of go into this and and try to get the most out of your your engine, so to speak. And I think that. Taking your time, doing your research, and making sure that what you decide is ultimately what's best for everybody. I, I think that that's the most most logical way to look about to look at this. And you have literally a guy that did that on your team that you can bounce ideas off of that that fought for that for so long to 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 be able to get the surgery he felt would best benefit him coming back or whatever the case may be. So I, I think that there's a lot that Mark can pull from Jack's situation in dealing with this, with this over the course of the offseason. Here is Jack on his journey. I think you look at it and, you know, we're not where we want to be. Um, you know, would have liked to still been playing hockey now, but uh, perspective-wise, you look at where I was, I look at where I was a year ago at least and, you know, some of the challenges and things that I was going through and, where I am now, it's just to have some stability and have gone through what I did in the last year and haven't had the opportunity to play hockey again. Uh, I'm very thankful for. There's uh, Jack Eichel, who is, who is, again, one of those uh, studs yesterday, being able to, to sit there and listen in, in, in a more um, free-flowing environment. It wasn't the game day or a post-game where you're kind of limited in where you were going to go. And uh, you listen to Jack and you hear what he has to say about his body and where he is now compared to a year ago, I, I think there's some great confidence uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights and their fan base uh, going forward with Jack. There was incredible uncertainty surrounding Jack Eichel last offseason. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. And and he's got the procedure done. He knows where he's going to be for the foreseeable future. I think Jack getting an opportunity to train the way that he wants to over the course of this offseason and, and knowing that there's stability now is going to be incredibly, incredibly awesome for him over the course of the offseason. And I think Jack Eichel is going to be better next season than, as, than, than he was coming back from the injury, and I thought he was really good down the stretch for the Golden Knights too. Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Pete DeBoer, Kelly McCrimmon, uh, part of today's uh, reflection on what happened uh, during locker room cleanout day and the uh, availability with the media. We'll continue with that uh, throughout the week, but we'll take a break right now. Uh, hour number one of the VGK Insider Show. Come back with a, a little bit of a, a trip down memory lane from last night's action in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which I think finished about 20 minutes ago. Uh, it's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Oh, how about it last night? The first overtime game. And it went deep into the night at Madison (laughs) Square Garden as the Pittsburgh Penguins managed to uh, shock everybody. 
by beating the Rangers in game number one. Uh, in uh, a game in which Tristan Jari was not available for Pittsburgh, the number one goaltender, and the backup goaltender, the starter last night, Casey DeSmith, was not able to finish the game, and Louis Deming in the second overtime went in, and he ends up getting the, the, the win for the Pittsburgh Penguins in a shocker in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, it, it really was. It was certainly the game of the night last night, um, it, just because of how close it was, obviously, the performances you got on both sides of the ledger from the players you expected, right? You got Igor Shosturkin playing absolutely out of his mind in a losing effort for the New York Rangers. You had a, a couple of points for Sidney Crosby, a couple of goals for Jake Gensel, um, and then the the triple overtime hero is Evgeny Malkin. And, you know, I, I think that if, if that series can continue to deliver with the players you expect to, to have those big moments, it, it has a real chance of being one of the best series uh, in the first round in the, NA, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was uh, one of a couple of upsets last night. The Capitals came back and beat the Florida Panthers uh, by a pair. Yeah. The Florida Panthers uh, dropped the opener, uh, the President's Trophy winners. But then other stuff went as expected. Uh, the Calgary Flames with a shutout. It, they only needed one goal. <laughs> That's all they got. and they protected. I, uh, rarely do you see a team protect the lead for 55 minutes. Uh, but that's exactly what they did in a one nothing win. And it was the exact opposite with, with Colorado blitzing the Predators 7-2. Now, the Predators had David Riddick and, uh, and Connor Ingram in mm-hmm. goal. Uh, they don't have their number one goaltender. But uh, didn't, didn't you hear uh, Daryl Sutter over and over in your head when he said a few weeks ago that uh, facing Colorado in the first round would be a waste of eight days? It certainly looked like that with a 5 yeah. nothing lead in the first period for Colorado. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. Um, <laughs> it was pretty bad for the Nashville Predators. I, I am curious to see what what comes about in game number two. I, I, I listen. The Predators are overmatched from a skill perspective, and they certainly don't have the answer in goal right now. The, losing UC Soros at least for the first two games of that series was was not ideal for Nashville. But uh, it is a team that has some a lot of pride, and it is a team that I think has an identity uh, of being hard to play against, a team that does not mind taking the body. So if the Predators can maybe try to push around the Colorado Avalanche, make it a little less easy for them, that would be the start in game number two. But I, I don't know. The the Avalanche looked like an absolute wagon last night. We've seen multiple goaltenders by teams uh, already, some because they've needed it. Others have made uh, changes. Uh, the Boston Bruins went back to Linus Allmark tonight against Carolina, trying to even that series up at one. And uh, Allmark's down 2 nothing, and the Carolina Hurricanes are three deep on their depth chart in goal. What's the update there? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, pretty wild. Uh, David Pasternak ran into Antti Ranta uh, about uh, midway through the first period. Tonight, Antti Ranta left the game. David Pasternak was assessed a five-minute major, and then that was reduced to a two-minute minor for goaltender interference on Antti Ranta. So Peter Kochikov is in net right now for the uh Carolina Hurricanes and he has made three saves all three pucks that have come his way he has made a save on and that is the status right now in goal for the Carolina Hurricanes uh, pretty pretty wild you, you you say that name like it just rolls off your tongue Peter Kochkov and and did but I? Peter did I well yeah you, you sounded great but Peter like is oh, even spelled and and the way we normally do it like Peter is P Y O T R P Y O T R and you're you're saying it like Peter, like Pete Peters, uh, back back in the day. I'm like, what the heck? Like Peter isn't even uh, an, an easy one, and he's in goal for the for the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm I'm really uh, curious what's going to happen uh, on on the Boston Bruins front, whether they make any type of change uh, in goal because they've got uh, Jeremy Swayman uh, as well. So uh, we'll we'll keep our eye on on that front uh, as we go ahead uh, and we've also got Tampa Bay uh, against uh, against Toronto in game two tonight that's a big bounce back game Tampa hasn't lost back-to-back games in either one of their marches to consecutive Stanley Cups trying to avoid that tonight yeah the stat on Andre Vasilevsky I think 14 and 0 and he's a 1.20 goals against average in, yeah. in games after a loss so uh, it's, it's like it's you, ridiculous you don't poke the, the bear 
Like, don't, don't, don't no, get like, mad. Well, like, you, you got to beat them, right? Like, you yeah. have to beat them, but you, you almost don't want to because then you know what's coming after it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, listen, the Leafs' best chance of winning the series was winning that first game because if you're able to alternate – uh, because you know you're not winning the, the, the game after the, the Lightning lose, then the Leafs are, are on track here in the first round. What do you think happens tonight in, in Toronto? Um, I I think that it's going to be a, a certainly going to be a closer game than it was in game number one. That that one to me is an outlier within the series. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that just getting that confidence – for the Maple Leafs and the players that were able to score, the, the the players that were able to come through, the Mitch Barners, the the Austin Matthews, I think that that's positive for them moving forward in the series. Um, I think that the Lightning lose tonight. Whoa. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs find a way to break the mystique, and wow. I think Toronto gets a win. I, I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's a, a one-goal game. But I think the Maple Leafs are going to be able to find a way to break through that mystique of beating Tampa Bay consecutive games. They haven't lost back-to-back games since being swept by Columbus in the bubble. I know. I, I'm aware. I get it. But there's a time for streaks to end, and I feel like it wow. might just happen here tonight. Yeah. I'm scared to ask you about L.A. and Edmonton and then uh... – Minnesota oh, and St. You Louis. Already know what, <laughs> yeah. You already know where I'm going with L.A. and Edmonton. Do you think Come L.A. On. wins again? I think they do, yeah. Wow. What about St. Louis, Minnesota? Uh, That's the hardest man, series. I, to me, I, I, like the St. Louis Blues look so dominant against Minnesota. I, I, I think that the Wild will answer tonight. I, I do think that that series will be evened up by the end of the night and, and – whether that is the Minnesota Wilds offense comes through or Mark Andre Fleury just shuts the door completely, I don't know which is going to be the the main reason, but I, I do think the Wild will answer tonight. I know we got to go, but I'm surprised they're going back to Flower. I thought they might flip flop uh, a little bit. Can't I, it. I am too honestly. Like, and, like I don't I don't pin that loss on no, Mark no, Andre no, Fleury, no. But but, but, but you've got you, options. But now. you've got. You you've got a guy that went thirteen zero and three down the stretch. So like yeah. I I I just. I uh, I was with you. Yeah, I'm and with then you've you. got other teams going three deep, and and guys leaving, <laughs> leaving the game because they're uh, <laughs> fatigued or or uh, dehydrated, and and it's like what yeah. the heck is is going on? We're we're only uh, th- like two days into this thing. It's already fascinating. We've got our play of the day, and we've got uh, hour number two. It's going to be an abbreviated hour number two because the Henderson Silver Knights uh, take on the Colorado Eagles uh, at five thirty with Brian McCormick. We'll t- take a break. Come back with the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports. No chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores. It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. That's what I love about living in Las Vegas in the Pacific time zone is you can get through all these multiple overtime games and still be fresh like last night in MSG. The Penguins with a shocker against the Rangers in triple overtime. Incredible. Dangerous that last shift for New York. Nice steal by McGinn. He's knocked down by Snyder. Hard work from McGinn. Now it's Kasperi Kapanen. Kapanen back for Marino. Marino, long shot. He scores! Malkin was in front. Triple over. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to take game one. Kapanen looked for Malkin there. He decided to carry the puck and move it back to the point. Watch the movement here by Marino to get the shot through. And Malkin with a beautiful redirection in front of Shesterkin. Absolutely beautiful. And the Penguins are victorious here tonight. And Evgeny Malkin is the overtime hero. But Louis Domingue, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have to say. And Louis Domingue uh, took over the third-string goaltender. He was the backup going into the last night. Uh, was called into action in overtime. Ryan, after fueling up in the uh, in the extra session. <laughs> yeah, fueling up is is certainly right. He had uh, a wonderful meal in between the first and second overtime periods of spicy pork and broccoli. Um, probably wouldn't recommend it no. moving forward, but got the job done. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, were uh, one injury away from Louis Domingue from having to do a e-bug. 
in triple overtime. <laughs> uh, that yeah. would have been a story. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show is coming up. Uh, that will lead into the Henderson Silver Knights up against the Colorado Eagles in the Game 1 opener in the Calder Cup playoffs for both teams. Uh, Brian McCormack go at the call in that one at uh, 5.30. But uh, hour number two, stay with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Marcheseau slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back to Donov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two, rolling right along here on the VGK Insider Show. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, uh, Darren Millard is continuing his his process to getting back to full shows, but uh, we, we always appreciate Darren in that first hour. But now, hour number two. It's an abbreviated hour number two. Usually, whenever this show is preempted, it is me preempting myself. But that is not going to be the case today. It'll be Brian McCormick preempting me, as he will be bringing you play-by-play of the Henderson Silver Knight and the Colorado... Uh, Chapman, help me with the name. I, I, I don't remember it. Colorado Eagles. The Colorado Eagles. Yes. yes. The Henderson Silver Knights and the Colorado Eagles. Uh, game number one of that playoff series will go tonight at 5.30 right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You'll want to keep it here as the Henderson Silver Knights get their opportunity, their chance in uh, the playoffs in the American Hockey League. So uh, before we get to Brian at 5.30, we will get to a, a couple more cuts of audio from yesterday and the Golden Knights uh, media availability. One cut specifically from Kelly McCrimmon and then another one uh, from head coach Pete DeBoer. And I want to start with Kelly McCrimmon's commentary because it, as as much as we talked about injuries, and, and injuries are important for sure, um, there was a very distinct understanding of, of how Kelly viewed the season and and not making the playoffs. So let's hear from Kelly McCrimmon on his disappointment of this team not finding a way to make the playoffs. I want to be clear, I'm very disappointed we did not make the playoffs. I believe strongly that we could have and should have. So that part, uh, as much as uh, you know, I'm being realistic about the, the impact that injuries had on our season, I, I do think we had it in our control to become a playoff team. We lost some games to teams that we shouldn't lose to. We lost a lot of games this year to teams that weren't in the playoffs at the end of the year. So that's on us. We uh, we still had the opportunity if we were a little bit better in, you know, one or two or three more situations, we would have been a playoff team. We wouldn't be standing here uh, having this media reception here today. So Chapman, what what went through your mind when you heard that commentary from from Kelly McCrimmon? Because I'll tell you, like there were moments in that opening statement where Kelly was talking about the injuries, talking about the the tough road, the tough cards that were dealt to Pete DeBoer and the coaching staff, uh, and really the entire organization all year long. But the pause, and then the very clear distinction of. This is a disappointment because we had opportunities to get there. I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I I will say this. It was the first time that I actually thought that there's a possibility that some changes could be made. I mean, I, I obviously a player turnover that's going to happen. That's part of the game, right? That's the, that's the business side of it. But it was the first time that made me think that there's a possibility that maybe some changes in the coaching staff would be made because I think he was very clear and direct. And and maybe maybe I'm taking it the wrong way, but I think he was pretty unhappy with the way that the team played down. What did they go three and seven in their last ten? Mm. So I, yeah. I I think you know, and obviously that doesn't include the getting the the loser points in overtime. But you know, I think he was very very unhappy with that that final stretch of ten games because the team controlled their own destiny twice. 
in that stretch of games. And both times, they, never, they didn't even win a game when they had the destiny in their own hands. So I, I, I feel like he was very unhappy with the way that, that the season ended, especially considering you had Alec Martinez back, you had Brady McNabb back, you had Max Pacioretty back. For some of those games, you had Mark Stone back. Whether or not Mark Stone was fully healthy, I think that's debatable. But you did have the, the, the leadership of Mark Stone on the ice. And I feel like he, he, he just wasn't happy with that, that final stretch. And it really made me think, you know, there, there is a chance that maybe changes will be made. And I don't, I don't know if that includes all of the coaches. I don't know if that includes one of the coaches. I don't know if that includes Pete. But it, it gave me pause and made me think that there's a chance that there could be changes made. Well, I think it gives you an idea of what the expectation is anyway, right? Like, even though you dealt with injuries, even though this, this team was was decimated at times due to injury, um, the perception is still that if you have destiny in your own hands and your schedule down the stretch is predominantly teams out of the playoffs, you've got to find ways to come away with two points. And I think that's the reality of the situation. And, you know, there are two very distinct moments for the Vegas Golden Knights over the course of the final, what, half of the season since the All-Star break. It's the 0-5 road trip, and it is losing that game to the San Jose Sharks because that's a game you shouldn't lose. It's a game you can't lose when you're in the throes of a, of a, of a run or push to the playoffs down the stretch. So, uh, I think that that was very, very clearly put from general manager Kelly McCrimmon that you know even though this team has reasons why they did not live up to those expectations, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because you had it within your grasp, and that's when you've got to come through and find a way to get a win. That being said, you know, Pete, in his media availability, talked about the injuries and not just from the idea or the aspect of what it does to a team on the ice, but all the different areas that injuries kind of bleed into what a team does away from the ice as well. You know what? I think the injuries bled into everything. The injuries bled into uh, our leadership. You know, because of who was injured. You know, Mark Stone wasn't in the dressing room. Martinez wasn't in the dressing room. Uh, uh, Riley Smith wasn't in the dressing room for extended periods. It, it bled into our special teams. You know, those are the guys that that you rely on to do those things uh, on a regular basis. Uh, you know, that's what you, that that's what your best players. Those are the roles they play and their key roles. It, it it bled into being able to be a four line team. Uh, and play the way we want to play and, and take over games with, with pressure and do those things and, and, and play the type of hockey that, you know, Vegas is used to playing, like you saw in the playoffs against Colorado and, and Minnesota and, and some of the runs we've been on. So, you know, I, I think there's all, always things there, but, but everything, I think, bled from that. So when you hear that, and you understand that that there are other intangibles that are missing when you have key players like the Golden Knights had out of the lineup. Could you have done more? Like, Chris Chapman, could you have done more on that 0-5 road trip? Could you have found two or three more points given how decimated the Golden Knights were from in, from an injury perspective and how the intangibles and the leadership was missing within the room. Well, I, I'll, I'll say this. I think if they don't, and, and I'll start by saying that I don't think injuries are an excuse, but there, there's, a, there's such a thing as reasons. And I think Pete was sure. laying out reasons as to how the injuries affected this team. It, it didn't sound like an excuse to me. It sounded like Pete saying, hey, look, injuries, and this is what, what you don't think about this is the, the the aspect of it that that affected the team. Now to answer your question, I think if you have maybe one or two of those guys in in the lineup at that time, mm-hmm. maybe you do get some of those points. Maybe you do get two or three extra points on that road trip. Look, I I, I think at the end of the day, we're all going to look back at that road trip, and I think more so than the loss to the Sharks, more so as the loss to the Devils more so than the shootout loss to Dallas. 
we're going to look back at that and we're going to say that road trip was really why this team failed to make the playoffs. And I, I, I think the intangible side of it, losing the leadership of Mark Stone, we remember we, we, and, and I hope I can get the cut for tomorrow because I, I thought it was really interesting what Zach Whitecloud had to say when he talked about Mark Stone and the presence he has in the locker room. Basically, when Mark Stone has something to say, everybody listens to Mark Stone. Without having Mark yeah. Stone on that road trip and, and, and missing the respect that he commanded in the locker room, you know, it, it, yeah, everyone, everyone leads in their own way. And I think Zach made reference to that because I look at Zach as as one of the guys who I think is a future leader on this franchise. But he 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 brought it up about that presence not being there and and how important having that just body in the locker room, that guy in the locker room, who when he speaks, everybody listens to. And, and yeah, I I think the lack of leadership. I mean, not to say that there aren't guys who lead, but not at the level of Mark Stone. And I think missing that over the course of, of what did he play thirty five games? I think missing him over the course of almost fifty games it 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 it, it takes a toll on the team away from from performing on the ice. So a couple things, uh, Zach Whitecloud already is a leader on this team. I I, I firmly believe that. Two, uh, you can always do more, right? There, there's always a way that you can find an extra point. There's always a way that you can, you know, mitigate the injuries. Now it's not to say that it was going to be any easier on the golden Knights. I think at various points this season, we, we talked about the injuries is as far as like waves go, right. Where you were able to weather the storm initially at the beginning of the year. And then you start to get a little bit healthier. You think that everything's kind of turning the corner and then you suffer through another rash of multiple injuries to key players. And then there's a third wave of those injuries. And I think that, you know, for the Golden Knights, if if you're looking at reasons, I think honestly, it's the fact that this team didn't get injured early and then return to full health. Like there was never a legitimate return to full health for the Golden Knights at any point during the season. There were moments where they got healthier. There were moments where they had players back into the lineup, but it never lasted for long enough to, to, to really do any any legitimate damage in the standings. So I think the injuries, I'm not using them as an excuse. I do think that they are a reason, uh, among other things. Special teams, certainly a reason. Goaltending, certainly a reason as to why the Golden Knights find themselves two points out of the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is, I don't know that it was just injuries alone. It was the fact that it was sustained over the course of an entire 82-game season that this team got injured, then managed to get a little bit healthier, and then got injured again. And then managed to crawl their way back and get a little bit in, uh, a little bit healthier, and then got injured again. So to me, it was the relentless nature of injury after injury and wave after wave that never relented over the course of 82 games that really did have an underpinning of this season for the Golden Knights. Yeah, it, it really is one of those things. It, it was almost like a, I mean, it, it wasn't almost, it was a roller coaster of a season because you, 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 you come out of the gate and you have these super high expectations. And then before you know it, you're, you're speeding down the track full speed down that first hill and you're, Basically, in that second game of the season, you don't even finish the second game, and you have no idea what the what the 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 stag- status of uh, Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone is because they both left that game, and then you were already yeah. missing Matthias Janmark, who you re-signed in the offseason, hoping would be a a key contributor because he was dealing with COVID, and then he ended up having the long COVID, so it took him a long time to get back up to speed. And then you, you get to the to, to Christmas, and you're heading back up the hill. And those expectations are like, hey, you know what? We 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 can weather this storm as long as we get healthy. We're playing good hockey. Robin Leonard's been really good for us. He's winning us games. We we've called up guys like Jonas Rombierg and Paul Cotter who've contributed and helped us win games. And then all of a sudden. You go through another wave of injuries after after uh, the, the the all-star break and and you're yeah. going back crashing down that hill again at full speed Robin Leonard gets hurt in Philadelphia and you, you, I think the worst part and I think what leaves the worst taste in, in maybe maybe not just my mouth but I would imagine in a lot of people's mouth 
is we never really got to see this team playing as a full, healthy unit, even even in the preseason. You know, Kelly mentioned it. Guys got injured in the preseason game in Salt Lake. So it, it, it sucks that we really never got to see the Vegas Golden Knights that was put down on paper to win. You know, when, when, when we went through our preseason predictions, none of us could have predicted anything even remotely close to this. We all had them as, as right. one of our top five teams. And I think fully healthy, I think a lot of people around the league, not just in Vegas, but people in other markets would, would agree that they are a top five team when they, they are a fully healthy team. But we just never really got to see it. And it sucks. All right, Chavin, let's shift gears here and get into one-timers. Brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. All right, one-timers here again, brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. Um, We're going to get into game one overreactions, night number two, right off the hop. Chapman, are the Panthers in trouble? Yes. Yes, they are. Really? Yes. Really? You know, because I, I, you know, it's, it sounds funny. I'm a real big believer in maybe not curses, but the team's, We'll, we'll okay, believe, right. and, and I'm not saying that the, that the Florida Panthers are cursed, but there's a reason that this franchise hasn't won a playoff series in damn near 30 years. Was it 26 okay. years since they've won one? What's what's the reason? What's the I, well, reason? I, I don't know, but I think okay. the fact that they lost last night, they blew a lead in the game. I think there there may be a shadow of doubt creeping in like, oh, here we go again. Oh, boy. Really? By the way? Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe I it. I don't know if you'll get to it in one-timers, but Carolina is now up 3 nothing. <laughs> surprised by that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe get there. I, I don't know. That's just ridiculous. Okay, so I don't think the Panthers are in trouble. Um, well, I hope not. But... I, don't think, I don't think they're the same team that they can't get out of the first round. I, I think they'll be fine. I, I, I really do. It's the Washington Capitals. If there's a playoff team that I don't trust to do the job, it's the Washington Capitals. So I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, secondary question uh, about the, <laughs> oh boy, the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames. Will the Dallas Stars score any goals in their first round matchup against Calgary? Well, remember I said they were they were uh, they 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 weren't as bad as Nashville, but at least Nashville scored. Um, yeah, I, I think Dallas Dallas actually played. I thought they played a pretty decent game. I just thought that uh, Jacob yeah, Markstrom was, problem, was really Chapman. really good. Here's the here's the problem, Chapman. Did at any point in time you believe Dallas was going to score? No. No, and they oh, because, played well because because Markstrom was in the zone, right, right. But they they played well. They did play well, right? but, like but they played well. They did, they didn't create enough to challenge Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, he played well, but there were no quality chances that the Dallas Stars were creating that are going to beat a goaltender like Jacob Markstrom. Look, I think I think Rick Bonus is is a good coach. He's beaten Calgary oh. in the playoffs before, oh. so so I I think oh. he will. I Chapman. I don't think they win. I still don't. I, I don't know if they win a game, but I do think they'll score. How how many how many games do you think this series goes? I think if it goes more than four, I'd be surprised. Okay, so four games. How many goals do you think the Dallas Stars score in four games? In the next three, I think they'll score four goals. That's amazing. Uh, okay, <laughs> here's a really <laughs> and and. And this is what I think is interesting. One of the stats that I came up with over the course of the first game between the the Kings and the Oilers was that the Los Angeles Kings, in one game against the Edmonton Oilers and Mike Smith, outpaced their entire production from their 4-0 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights in 2018. 
When Vegas played Los Angeles in 2018, the the Kings scored a total of three goals in four games en route to being swept by Vegas. They scored four goals (laughs) in one game against the Oilers. The Kings have already outpaced their production from 2018. (laughs) And one of those games was a double overtime game, too, in 2018. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, good for Los Angeles. I... I, I anticipated it was going to be a pretty close game. Uh, I still think it'll be a pretty close series. I'm, I'm kind of excited for tonight. I'm, I'm debating if I'm going to go, if I'm going to watch that or the Wild mm-hmm. and the Blues uh, because I feel like it's a must win for Minnesota. I mean, is it possible oh, that no, that's already not. a must well, win? Well, in, in a sense it is because it's home ice, right? So, like, you do not want to go back to St. Louis down 2 nothing in a series. Um I think how Minnesota plays is more important than necessarily the result. Like, the the Wild did not look themselves. They did not look um, dynamic enough to to beat the St. Louis Blues, and it looked too easy for St. Louis. So uh, I'm curious there. Now, the Colorado Avalanche um, just destroyed the (laughs) Nashville Predators. Is that an aberration? Like, do you think Nashville is going to have any type of answer just what the Colorado Avalanche are, an absolute juggernaut. Well, I think it's a combination of the Colorado Avalanche being a juggernaut and the Nashville Predators being a bad team. Um, I, <laughs> okay. I I think it's a combination of both. Look, I, I don't think Nashville wins a game. I don't think they're they're very close in the series. Um, I, I know you're, you're, you're pulling for the Preds, but Colorado just kicked their ass, and I... I I can't see Nashville <laughs> making it competitive. I just I just don't think they're they're good. Yeah, yeah, I might be rethinking that chaos <laughs> pick for sure. Those are your one-timers. Brought to you by Paul Powell, more lawyers, less fee for Wednesday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yes. Chapman, you have anything uh, that you want to jump into right now in, in our you know final-ish uh, version of a segment? Yeah, I, I, I guess. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that you brought up the 4th because I saw the trailer for the Obi-Wan series that is going to be on yep. Disney+. Plus, yep. And I... Yep. Like, got goose pimples, goosebumps when I saw that Obi-Wan was watching Luke when he was a kid. He was staying with Uncle Owen and Aunt yeah. Peru. Like, when I saw that scene, yeah. I, got, I got goosebumps because I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be epic. Boba yeah, Fett it's, story, it's the, the Boba Fett to me was a little disappointing. I liked the Mandalorian. I thought Boba uh-huh. Fett was a little disappointing. So I think they rebound with, with the Obi-Wan I'll be honest with you. I have not finished the Boba Fett yet. Um, I I cannot wait for Obi Wan, and I, I cannot wait for the Kenobi series. Like it's going to be fantastic. Um, so, however you choose to celebrate today, may the fourth be with you. Um, enjoy it, but also make sure that you're watching plenty of playoff hockey and listening to playoff hockey. As Brian McCormick has the call, the Henderson Silver Knights and the Colorado Eagles coming up right here next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.